0: Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics, and guidance around the Cornwall property market.
1: Stay tuned to be informed, inspired, and to have any of your property-related questions
0: answered by trusted local property professionals. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. We're back. Episode 9 of the Cornwall Property Podcast here at the Cornwall Channel Studios. So, uh, yeah, let's get cracking. Let's get cracking. So, Those that are new to listening, I'm Dan. I'm James. And we are here bringing you information about Cornwall Property Market, trying to help educate, inspire, share opportunities, and mainly to try and help tackle this housing crisis that we have going on in uh, in our county at the moment.
1: Absolutely, and uh, thank you very much for all your lovely feedback. Uh, as always, we are here to help uh, in any way that we can. And even you know, if you're not too sure uh, about property, just send us any questions you want because we are here to uh, you know help and enlighten you, and you know give education where possible. So no question is too much.
0: Brilliant, exactly that. So the structure of today's podcast: simply, we've got a couple of news stories we want to share with you, topical news stories for Cornwall and in general. Within property, uh, the property market in general, and then we're going to share with you our picks of the the week, essentially. So I will be choosing a commercial property that's currently on the market here in Cornwall that is currently empty, that can be restored and to brought back to the housing market or brought to the housing market from commercial to residential to help bring those numbers back. And then James here has got a residential property that we're going to be do- looking at as well, which is currently derelict that we can add some value to and bring back to the Cornwall market.
1: Yeah, quite a juicy opportunity, that one. And mm, uh, yeah, it's at a good price good. as well. So we look like forward that. to sharing that with you guys. Excellent
0: stuff. So let's kick it off. So kick it off. So what my first headline that really caught my eye recently is here. It says, dozens of homes in Cornwall are illegal to live in and have been currently left to rot. So this is actually from Cornwall Live. And alarmingly, these are houses that are not legally allowed to be occupied. So it's all well and good having a property that's empty. It could be lived in if someone moved in. may not be great quality or standard, but these are actually n- prohibited. They're not allowed to be lived in because mainly they're, they're not safe uh, for, and fit for purpose. So quite alarming. Now, the numbers, there's, there's 26 of these properties in Cornwall currently, so they are not allowed to be occupied. So it's 26. Now, this doesn't sound like a massive number, but to give you a bit of context, that's gone up from 20 from 2020 so wow. two th- from 2020 it was 20 so we are currently now new year 2022 these stats have come out from October last year so they've just been released but 2021 as of 2021 there were 26 prohibited properties in Cornwall so again owners they've not brought them up to scratch they're just allowed them to rot and yeah again these are properties that should be on this market so we could be bringing these properties back to life so these are examples of again how properties we've got a big big issue here for those that haven't been following previously we have identified that there is a massive or well, not just us the county everyone's identified there's a lot of people on the housing register needing homes we've got a lot of properties in Cornwall derelict not used that could be brought back to life and help house those People in need. So here is another example and a really alarming figure. So if I read a couple of stats here that I've got. So the most common reason for these properties being derelict or um, unprohibited with regards to occupation is because they're unfit for human habitation. So you, you can't physically, they're not allowed. Maybe they haven't got bathrooms, they haven't got kitchens, or maybe they haven't got anything. The roofs might be falling in. Th- things like that is literally just left Dangerous. Yeah, awful, awful. Mm. So it's understandable and it's good that they have been signed off uh, as unfit for purpose, but we need to be bringing these back to life. So the council, um, what they've been trying to do is empty properties, properties that have been empty for two years or more, they are now starting to tax, or they have been for a little while now, but they're taxing double the council tax. So I think it's a good idea, but I think what the council needs to be doing it's waking up and realizing, well, look, if, for example, say James owned a property that's been empty for two years or more, the council are going to say, well, look, we need to incentivize James here to get this property back on the market for us. Well, how do they do that? Well, they're chucking a double stamp, uh, sorry, double the council tax charge mm. at James now, which I think is, yeah, great, because we need to be penalizing and fining these people for this because it's their duty. It's they own the property. They should be either selling it if they can or doing something about it. So I think it's a good thing, but... What we're finding an issue here being is that, say, Dan here purchases the property from James, and James is currently having to pay double the council tax because he can't let it. Well, Dan here wants to purchase the property. He wants to bring it back to the market and update it and legalise it. Well, as long as they acknowledge that when Dan is buying this property and is going to be bring, doing all this work to the property, as long as then... I'm. Uh, in this instance, me, I wouldn't be penalised for it as you have been because I'm trying to do the right thing here. I'm trying to bring it back to absolutely,
1: market. and you know who knows what you might want to do. Let's say, for example, you were having to apply for planning permission on that. Yeah, as you say, how are you incentivised if you've got to wait? four to six months for the planning to go through whilst you now own the property and you've got to pay double the um, you know the council tax I mean in some places that can be quite expensive you're looking at maybe £300 uh, as a double figure Uh, for for six months you know it's going to put you off isn't it so it doesn't really help what we're trying to do is you know tackle the uh, housing crisis in Cornwall we
0: were speaking to someone recently and they've just purchased a, a block of apartments that are all derelict no one's living in those apartments and I think it was six or seven apartments, and of those six or seven apartments, I think six of them, six of them, are being double uh, charged double council tax. Okay. So massive. massive. Now they change ownership; the new owners have still got to pay that double council tax. Now they might be a four or five month development mm. to bring them back to scratch, but. Four or five months' worth of double council tax that could be like six, seven thousand pounds a month. It is absolutely crazy. So where's the where's the incentive for people to bring these back up to market? So these are just again, I think it's a really good idea with the council tax double charging for to encourage people Definitely. to bring them back to market. But I think we just need to make sure we've got that kind of sussed out there. But to give you another figure here, James, so recent figures state that at the end of uh, autumn in 2021 there were four thousand three hundred twenty-five homes standing empty across Cornwall. Wow. Okay, and of those. 2,415 have been left unoccupied for at least six months. So some staggering figures there, and clearly they need to be sorted out. Yeah, and also a lot of opportunities. Exactly that, exactly that. Also quite exciting. So yeah, that, that news story is from the Cornwall Live um, website, and all the links and will be thrown onto the show notes for here. So if you're on YouTube, uh, listening to us on the podcast app, your chosen podcast app, you can go onto the show notes and you can access these um these these news stories via the links we've left on there. So my second one that caught my eye was, headline number two is from This Is Money. So this is a website, This Is Money, and the news article is all about slowing house prices in 2022. So this year, 2022, obviously... (coughs) Doesn't sound like rocket science, does it really? When you compare it to last year, we saw some unprecedented figures. There was on average a 10% growth in the property market last year throughout the country. Staggering. Mm, Big time. And if if we were sat here this time last year, so January 2021, I think people were, main predictions were very little growth, if not um, negative growth. So it would fall. But 10% increase throughout and 5% increase on overall rent um, fees throughout the country as well. So again, staggering. So it's not, going to be rocket science to think that it's going to slow a little bit. That Mm -hmm. can't surely be continuing. So this is money. They've got a couple of reasons why they believe this is going to be the case. So uh, throughout the last few years, there have been uh, further surcharges thrown at overseas investors, which personally I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing to try and encourage more people within the UK to purchase UK property. Mm -hmm. So what they've done is they've added a 2% surcharge to stamp duty charges. So if you're purchasing property from overseas, you'll be charged an additional 2% on stamp duties, trying to try and deter uh, and put people off and make it a little less attractive for those. So that's one reason they think that um, the the figures will slow. Another reasons are potential changes to no-fault evictions. So there's Section 21 within the Tenancy and the rental market. So those aren't familiar. I won't go into I won't make. I'll try and make it as simple as possible not to patronise, but just to hopefully make it digestible. But Section 21 is if you're going to evict, if you've got a tenant, or you are a tenant, and your landlord issues a Section 21, it's generally a, a no-fault eviction, um, whereby no fault of your own, the landlord's trying to sell the property, perhaps, things like that. They may offer a Section 20, or <coughs> issue a Section 21, which means that you're being evicted from the t- uh, the property that you're living in at no fault of your own. But with that clause and that, that act, it can be done. But there's talks that that act may be scrapped this year. So again, this is money. The reporters here are saying that that might be a, a little key bit of information that might deter people from maybe going into buy-to-let market. Another one here is uh, the, the potential increases to the stringency, should I say, how stringent they are around EPC ratings, mm-hmm. so energy performance certificates. So as we know, we're trying to go green. The UK, we're, we're trying to make low carbon emissions. So by doing that, there's incentives now. And James has touched upon it on previous podcasts as well. And it might be something that we can touch again in a bit more detail in future. But there are more incentives now out there to encourage owners, how homeowners or developers or, or investors, etc., to make their properties more thermally efficient so your epcs they're trying to encourage this for example mortgage companies are now giving better interest rates to those properties that have better epcs it's similar to the i relate this to that the car emissions the more economy friendly eco-friendly your car is electric cars you're not being taxed as much and similarly they're looking down this sort of route with the epc side of things so the more eco uh, the more eco-friendly your home is the less you're going to be charged potential particular mortgage products. So again, these are just different reasons. Um, and again, it, it, these are just little reasons why it is predicted that the, the, the growth will slow this year. So, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's
1: necessarily a bad thing either I mean from an no. investment point of view that's always good for an investor if house prices are going up you know uh, post your development but I also think you know we need to be thinking about you know the country's buyers the first time buyers I'm going to come on to some figures shortly uh, with my finance updates but I think it's been very hard for a lot of people also to get onto the housing ladder mm-hmm. in the past few years because you know house prices you know are very very high and it's really difficult to be able to save that deposit so if things do start slowing, I think that will be only, uh, you know, good things to come for first-time buyers.
0: For sure, which is what your first news stories about, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we go through some of the finance stuff and as I always say, and Dan as well, that, you know, always seek professional advice uh, when, you know, buying property. But uh, yeah, one of the um, uh, first headlines that caught my eye was the first time buyer numbers top 400,000 for wow. the first time in 15 years. So that's since the last recession. And I think that's a really, really positive sign to finally see that first time buyers can get on the market. Um, uh, uh, well, on the last... Sorry, but previously in the last couple of years, deposits uh, were really, really high. But finally, we're actually starting to see some kind of ease now that there are 5% deposits available and 10%. uh, I know two years ago, the, you know, the minimum amount you had to put is £15,000 down. Now, if you look at, you know, where you're on a sort of £200,000 average house price, you know, that's a lot of money for, you know, two individuals or a single person to sort of bring together on their own. So I think that's really, really positive. Some other Facts that I've got here. Uh, This is the highest number since the financial crash in 2008, when the average transactions for first-time buyers hovered around the 200,000 mark. So that's you know over uh, double. The exact amount actually was 408,379 in 2021. So things are going in the right direction for first-time buyers. And. It's also sort of said the reasons for this is falling unemployment, low borrowing costs and low deposit schemes are said to be the drivers of the healthy increase. And we all know last year was very, very attractive where they had the um, stamp duty relief.
0: Oh, was a massive amount of stimulus in the market. So, yeah, it's it's no surprises, I suppose. But at the same time, you've got to take action and make use of that, haven't you? Yeah. So no fair play. And that's great. Brilliant. Because these are targets set by the government. And that's what we want to be seeing is people buying their own properties. Brilliant.
1: Absolutely. And this brings me on quite nicely to my second headline with, you know, affordability. Now, is is, is it a surprise or is it not a surprise? For, for me, I knew that the, uh, the base rate was going to change at some point from when we last did our podcast prior to uh, Christmas. And Recipe be we saw it happen. 0.25% increase in December. Dan, was that a surprise to you? Well, no. To
0: say it's been, well, they were talking about it for months, weren't they? Previously as well, um, and they were flirting around the figures. But no, not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. And it, it needs to happen, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, So the Bank of England and to the, you know, the press has unexpectedly raised interest rates for the first time in three years amid growing concerns over inflation. So inflation was a major point because since they got the Omicron variant, they were going to actually, you know, put on hold the, the bank base rate increases and wait till the spring. But because of inflation, they were so worried that's, you know, was the main driver for it going up. Uh, The increase uh, will add to financial pressure on households with variable mortgage rates. So people that are coming to the end of their, uh, well, they've never been on a fixed term. They've just been following the base rates, the affordability there. So their rates are going to go up. Uh, And we all know what's been happening with energy prices. Uh, You know, gas prices actually doubled uh, in the last year, which has put a lot of houses under strain. Now this, you know, base rate increase. So people on variable rates are going to uh, struggle with that as well. And also, with inflation at the highest rate for a decade, uh, the bank warned there was unlikely to be any reprieve over the winter month for soaring energy costs driving up from the rate from 5.1% to the present now at 6%, uh, and then thinking that it's going to go up to 6.5% in the spring. So, like... With gas prices doubling, they still think that they're going to be, uh, you know, increases to six point five percent. And the government actually had a target, down of two percent. So they're behind by treble. I mean, what's your views on that?
0: It's just where's it stop? Where, where when do we stop? It's uh, it just for the people, especially I think those on the variables as well really need to make sure they're they're on the market. They on they know what they're doing. They know their numbers. It, it's, it's difficult, and you can understand why people are worried and people are concerned and. Again, it's just, you've just got a budget. That's my massive advice is if you get a chance, go over your numbers, find out what you've got coming in every Mm. month. Hopefully you should do this Mm. regularly anyway. I know I do, just what have you got coming in income-wise? What are your outgoings? Where could you maybe cut some of your income, um, your outgoings? Just save yourself a little bit here and there. It will make a big difference over the long term. But yeah, it's a real shame, especially when you're paying more but not seeing anything different in your life, are you?
1: Absolutely. And we all know sort of, you know, for landlords that have uh, HMOs, house and multiple occupation, where the landlord is paying the bills. So they give each room at an all-inclusive price. But for, you know, you, you've seen it before, Dan, like people in the summer, uh, tenants, you know, because they're not paying for the bills, they're not precious. So they've got no, the, the heating you, banging out in the uh, but in You the can see where months. it's going to go
0: though, don't you? It's, the the landlord the land will never lose out because yeah. what the landlord do, well, naturally rents. the rents are just going to go up. So it's just going to end up making... Making things even worse um, than they already are so yeah real, real shame but again it's not a lot we can physically do about it we just have to learn to, to budget ourselves work at different ways around it and um, do the best we possibly can
1: absolutely but uh, we shall see over the next coming months whether that base rate uh, is going to have another increase or not but uh, I think people need to be prepared for that because all of this money that's been borrowed for the pandemic uh, it's got to be paid back somewhere and we all of know it, it goes back to the taxpayer
0: this is it right so moving on we're going to now just quickly go through two properties that have caught our eye this week. And I am going to go for a commercial property and James is a residential. So if you are viewing the or watching the podcast on YouTube or any video channel, then you can see on the screen the property. If you can't see it, if you go again into the show notes wherever you're listening to us, you can access the, the right move links. And you can see these properties in in your own time. So, first property that caught my eye is uh, it's a lovely commercial property in Helston. It's a beautiful period property, and it is currently its use class is as office space. So these are offices in Helston that are not being used, empty offices. So if I go through a few photos for those who are able to watch, you can see here beautiful period property, some old sash windows, it's got some garden space as well, period features inside with uh, cast iron fireplaces some lovely views in certain aspects but again real prime position there. So really caught my eye because I just I personally love these period properties. So it's on the market for 350,000, some with Stratton creeper And the key bit of information here I personally might be a little bit steep but the reason they're pricing it at what they have um they're arguing that they've now got planning for this conversion and change of change of use from commercial to residential. So it is currently an empty commercial building. They have got planning in place to bring it back to to its original use, which would have been a residential property, and is planning now in place for the use of a three-bedroom house and a one-bedroom apartment at the rear as well. So again, an opportunity here to to bring an old, empty property in Cornwall (coughs) from the commercial market over to residential and can house potentially four people. Three in the house and one in uh, the bedsit or more. So again, just thought it was a nice opportunity there for someone potentially.
1: does look good. I would be surprised to see what price that actually does go for. Because like you said, mm. I think it is a little bit top heavy. But, you know, I, I can see why the justification there is with the planning permission already granted. So.
0: A lot of the hard work is already done. But you've got to make sure you do do your due diligence as always. And, uh, yeah, get the surveyor around there. Check it. It's not listed, which is good news as well. So mm. some hurdles there you haven't got to worry about. But it's an old building that... There's bound to be a few curveballs thrown in there when you're starting the refurb. But, but it
1: does mean we can get it
0: brought back to the Cornish market. Exactly which Exactly nice. that. All right, that brings us on to your residential, James.
1: Yeah, I've got quite a nice uh, opportunity here. It's on mm. 8 Roach Road in Stenneleys, just north of St Austell. It's a four bed, semi detached property. Just be warned here, well, not so much warned, but it is an auction price, and when I say the warning there, they always put the guide price, uh, you know, quite low, because the idea is to get, uh, you know, bums on seats in the auction, so they put an attractive price in there, but the reality is it'll probably go for quite a bit more than 140000 but that also does depend on who's in the auction room and who's wanting to buy in the demand there. But, like I say, it's a development opportunity, it's a full renovation, uh, which gives a chance to add value, of course, and bring back to a good size four-bedroom family home and it has got the uh, the massive assets there of a nice garden and parking as well. Uh, it's also got a couple of notes on there, which is quite nice to know. It's got a it's clear of a mining search and Mundic test. These are you know quite mm-hmm. uh, often you know problematical issues that investors kind of st- are a bit worried about when buying at auction, but. Uh, have that already there on the uh, details is quite nice but I think this could be worth quite a bit more than you know even if it went from 160 to 180 I think there's still money to be made on that deal
0: for sure yeah and it's currently on for those interested it's on with the auction house Devon Cornwall and it is on an online auction on the 17th of February but again it's one of those I, I, I really hate listings where they don't put the floor plan I just really want to see the floor plan of this one. Yeah. because it looks I think it's
1: quite good, though, in a way, because it does incentivize you to go out there and see it. I just, so many times I see on, like, Homes Under the Hammer where people actually, they bid on properties that they haven't even seen. Oh, for which sure. Which is, yeah. But but I know that, what you
0: mean, though. That bathroom is huge. But no, yeah, brilliant opportunity there. Some, some great value to be added. But again, you can see here, EPC band of an F, so it's a very low EPC. Some great opportunity there to add some value just in upgrading thermals. For so, sure. um, fantastic. Yeah, well, brilliant. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. So again, thank you so, so much for listening. If you want to follow us, you're more than welcome to follow us on Facebook at the Cornwall Property Podcast. You can catch us on um, YouTube, Spotify, Your Chosen podcast media james how can people get in touch with us if they've got any questions for us
1: uh they can go onto the website uh and as always as dan said you can go on our facebook page uh at cornwall property podcast and just uh, send us a message on there but uh, we look forward to always hearing any interaction with our uh, listeners and viewers
0: yeah brilliant and we urge you just to please subscribe leave us a little review and uh hope you've enjoyed today's podcast thank you for listening
1: brilliant thanks guys bye bye now